Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Wednesday, September 28th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today on this bonus episode, we continue our conversation with Chairman of the Fairfax County Board of Supervisors, Jeff McKay. In the previous episode, we covered crime and education, but now we focus on transportation, specifically the fate of the Silver Line extension. Every indicator I have for Metro is they're hoping still to be open by Thanksgiving, and I'm literally praying that that happens because we Metro needs that shot in the arm. And we also talked to the chairman about where he thinks the next Commander Stadium should be and where it shouldn't be. The current Commander Stadiums, in my opinion, has done more damage to the area where the stadium is than it's done good. And so I, I don't have any interest in having this in Fairfax County at this point. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. We pick up our conversation with Fairfax County Chair Jeff McKay, who not only leads the Board of Supervisors for Fairfax County, but he's also a regional transportation leader. So, Chairman, some people may not realize this, but you're also chair of the Dulles Corridor Advisory Committee, and you serve on both the Northern Virginia Transportation Authority and the Metropolitan Washington Council of Government. So, with that in mind, let's talk about Metro. Last week, we saw the Silver Line extension literally get on the map. Metro released their new maps, and they seem to be pretty confident that riders will be on this line going to Dulles this fall. Do you share that confidence? Well, I'm confident. I don't know if I'm as confident as Metro is, um, just because we've seen these dates slip so many times before. Uh, The latest that I'm told is they would like to be open by Thanksgiving, and there's some symbolism to being open by the Thanksgiving holiday when your literal new line goes to an airport. Mm. And so I'm very hopeful that we can achieve that. Um, I know just in the news the other day, there was still some concern about train availability. And so, you know, what my job is going to be is to continue to advocate get this project done, get this rail line open. Our economy needs it. Our, our business um, offices along that corridor desperately need this uh, to be able to get people to come back to work. And so, you know, for me, um, it's trying to hold Metro accountable. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, Fairfax County does not have a direct board seat on the Metro board. And so we're kind of in the rafters always, you know, yelling Mm. um, our concerns to Metro, but Mm. not at the decision-making table, which in my mind is a huge flaw in the way Metro is set up. Um, But what we're going to continue to do is push hard for them to get this line open. Obviously, we want it to be safe. Obviously, we don't want to be on the hook uh, for any construction problems down the road that then would have to be paid for by us. And so we have to protect our interest in doing this. Um, But every indicator I have for Metro is they're hoping still to be open by Thanksgiving. And I'm literally praying that that happens because we Metro needs that shot in the arm. Mm. You know, they need to be able to increase ridership. They need to open new shiny stations. They need to do something uh, close to what they said to the public in terms of timing. Um, But if this gets delayed again, you know, it it just will underscore a lot of frustration people have with Metro about transparency and and ability to get the job done. So I am I am praying literally daily. We're we're looking at Thanksgiving. Mm. I mean, that's two months away. 
I, yeah. I just don't. I mean, I, I've driven past that. Doesn't look like it's going to take two months. I'm not an, a construction expert, but well, the work I mean, is finished. You know what they're doing now is testing. They're testing a lot of the systems, so there is a period of testing that they're required to do once they are operating trains in and out of those stations. Right. And so there's operations out there happening. The construction itself is done. The real question at this point in time is: Will their testing be finished? And will they have enough train cars back on the tracks mm. because of what happened with their latest series of cars? Right. Will they have enough train cars back on the tracks to be able to run service out there is the question at this point, more so than it is the construction completion, which is done. I think I'm thinking past the past the Dallas <laughs> corridor. But I, it, but the 7000 series have been coming back online. Yeah. The question is right to testing. Thank a lot you for of questions. Clarification. And you made a reference to ridership, which also kind of references a budget shortfall that Metro is facing. You know, federal funds are running out. A lot of jurisdictions in this area are thinking of creative ways to try to, you know, help this budget shortfall. DC has recommended or is thinking about giving residents $100 for Metro rides. Are you considering similar creative ideas? Where are you on that? Well, we're not necessarily considering similar creative ideas. We are encouraging Metro to come up with some incentives to get people back on the system, like, you know, perhaps, you know, removing parking fees for the first couple of three months after the Silver Line opens, um, giving out fare cards to a lot of the, the nonprofits and charity groups and being able to support that. Um, one of the things we did do in Fairfax County that I think long-term will help Metro is an initiative of mine, which is to give free bus passes to all of our middle and high school students. Oh, wow. And we're seeing tremendous response from our young people using our transit system. And so I think in the long run, you know, those are your next riders right. of the system. Yeah. And so for people who are giving up on Metro right now, we're incubating a whole bunch of young people who are familiar with, comfortable with, understand transit, know how to do it. We need that for climate reasons, but we also need that for public safety. You know, transit is still the safest way for anyone to travel. And so we're trying to build a bridge to future ridership that way in the county. Um, but, you know, I am concerned about the budget uh, at Metro, and, and what concerns me greatly is that most successful transit systems um, across the world are supported by national governments. And here we have such little uh, support, really, from the federal government. We're mm. grateful for what they did to get through this last budget year. Right, but pandemic. I think what's been proven is that that type of sustained federal investment is going to be necessary for the federal workforce that predominantly uses Metro to be able to get back to some level of normalcy. And so um, I think there are some challenges ahead. Um, and I think we're going to, as a region, have to talk about uh, more sustainable revenue sources for Metro to support it because it's too important to our region, too important to our economy, too important from an equity standpoint for people who don't have other ways to get around. It's too vital a resource to let fail. And so we're, we're going to have some tough decisions to make. Mm. Two weeks ago, yourself and your colleagues on the Board of Supervisors voted 9-1 to one to call the two highways named after Confederate generals, Lee Highway and Lee Jackson Memorial Highway, by their respective route names. That decision was a long time coming, but what are you hearing from residents about this change? Well, I'm hearing tremendous support uh, for the change. I think, you know, as I remind uh, residents, we can't go back and change horrors of our history. Uh, but we can decide what we want to celebrate. Mm. Um, and that's not changing history at all. And frankly, naming a road after someone, I think, in almost every circle you can find is a celebratory act. And so I think, you know, Fairfax County's changed a lot over the years. We're, we're richly diverse. Um, as I have mentioned earlier, I think a responsibility of local government is to set a tone uh, for the rest of the community. And so when you enter Fairfax County from the west and you see signs that say Lee Jackson Memorial Highway, 
Um, for some people, uh, we have to recognize that that brings back some very horrific moments, uh, maybe for their ancestors, uh, horrific moments in history, and that's not something we want to celebrate in Fairfax mm. County. And so renaming these back to their route numbers, I think, simplifies things for motorists. I think sends a message that Fairfax County is a welcoming, inclusive place that reckons with our history and always vows to do better. And if we can do something simple, like change street names to better reflect that, uh, was an easy vote for me. And and what I've heard from most of my constituents is support for doing that. And, and, you know, not losing sight of the fact that there's history still here to be told. And again, it's not, that's not the question for me. The question is, what are you choosing to celebrate or not? But I'm mm. just devil's advocate here. I mean, is, is naming a road a celebration? I think a lot of people, I mean, especially businesses who that cost them a lot of money to, re, you know, redo all of their letterheads, right. all those things. I mean, obviously the decision's been made, but I just want to make sure we talk about how contentious this was for a very long time because a lot of people have memories on those roads. A lot of people they, that meant something to them that had nothing to do with the Civil War, right? I mean, can you speak to that at all? Because yeah, you were saying sure. honoring I, history in a different way. Yeah. So, I mean, the financial and inconveniences uh, for some of our business was on the forefront of our decision making. And so mm-hmm. we put in place a, a grant program for people to be able to recoup those costs. Uh, we were careful when we renamed these to just take the route numbers because they could have been being called that all along. Uh, most people I talk to in the county actually refer to those streets as the route numbers already. Really? Mm-hmm. I very rarely ever have someone say to me, go up to Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or you know Lee Highway. They say go 50 or go 29. And so I think this simplifies things for some of our businesses. And frankly, if I was a business you know, and I had on my letterhead a street name that offended and cause strife for some of my potential customers, I might be concerned about that as well. And Mm. so, you know, there's a cost of doing nothing here that was not much talked about either. And in my mind, the cost of doing nothing and the image that we want to, you know, have in Fairfax County is not to continue to celebrate uh, those individuals in our history that have caused great harm for so many of my constituents. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like the show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. Um, Moving to uh, pedestrian safety, also something that everyone is grappling with region-wide, especially since the pandemic. Um, As far as I I know Bailey's Crossroads, you had an event today there. There's been um, an abnormal number of pedestrian deaths there. Um, And I think it has a lot to do with the just the influx of population there in the last couple of years. Can you talk about um, the campaign for pedestrian safety and why it's important to start in Bailey's? Yeah, well, actually, we started in Reston um, today, but it was with Bailey's in mind uh, for sure, because we do have some areas of the county where we've had far too many pedestrian accidents. Um, Thankfully, you know, most are not fatal, but they can be life changing. And so we had a press conference this morning where we had a gentleman who was hit tell his story about how Mm. this has changed his life permanently. 
And so the reason we did the campaign is, and the campaign is take a moment. That's it. Literally, I want people in Fairfax County to take a moment. Um, I myself almost got hit a couple of weeks ago when I was out for a run. Mm. And if I hadn't taken a moment to verify that the person who wasn't supposed to be coming through the intersection saw me, I would have been hit that morning. Wow. And so what we need to be preaching to our residents, and this is what the press conference was, we had police, fire, all of our departments of transportation there, mm. is that this is we all own this problem. And if all of us don't take a moment to look around – before going through an intersection to put our phones down, take a moment and see what's around you, both if you're a pedestrian. I see it's a lot of our high school kids walking, you know, with their, their head in their phones. Yep. Um, they need to put those down when they get to an intersection. Not just sure them, by the way. To cross <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was thinking about <laughs> that. Right. I well, did that the other day. I was you, like, what am I doing? You're right about that. But, you know, one of the emphasis areas for us is around schools and around places like Bailey's where you have density, you have a lot of pedestrian activity. Yeah. Um, and so this new campaign is really just to get our residents' attention and say they've got to be a part of our team. I can have a police officer at every intersection, but until people start doing what they need to do to protect themselves and protect their neighbors, Mm -hmm. then it's always reactive Mm. instead of proactive. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to change people's mentality. We know that during COVID, a lot of people changed their commuting habits. A lot more pedestrians got out and walked around and explored things. Traffic moved way too fast in some corridors because there was no traffic. And now we're back to some level of normalcy with traffic, but not all of our people are back to what that means. And so we're trying to get it in their mind, these things, steps they can take to protect themselves and protect uh, their neighbors. I think our last question is just like, what's top of mind for you right now as chair? What's a goal that's like, you, you know, you're waking up every day thinking, okay, this is what I want to go for. The top of mind for me is adolescent mental health. You know, we talked about it earlier. Um, it is an area of great concern. Um, It is an area that, frankly, uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia puts very little resources into, so counties are on their own. Um, It's an area where, you know, we talked earlier about so many things stacked on top of our kids. I mean, these are tomorrow's leaders. And so, you know, I facilitated a a roundtable over the summer to look at, are there any gaps between school and community that some kids are falling through, either getting involved in substance abuse or have mental health uh, issues mm-hmm. uh, with themselves or their families. And so, you know, I do worry about that because the health, the overall health of the community is necessary for everything else to work. Um, obviously, I have some, you know, let's fully respond from COVID uh, thoughts in my mind. We're doing really well in that category, but we still got a ways to go to, you know, make sure our entire economy responds and, and we get back to where we were and even better than where we were before COVID. So COVID response is always top of mind, but Adolescent mental health is something that I never stop thinking about. And then we talked a little bit here about its intersection with law enforcement. Mm -hmm. And we're in an era now where law enforcement is changing pretty dramatically. And we want to be leaders in Fairfax County on those reforms. And the two are not, you know, the two go hand in glove with each other. I mean, you you have to be able to be addressing both um, Mm -hmm. to be successful. And so that, you know, I think about that a lot. One of the things we didn't talk about and, you know, um, I think we need to talk more about is regionalism. You know, oh. here we are at you know WTOP serving the entire DMV area, and so you know Council of Governments was mentioned. Some of these other groups I'm on, we have 
um, a great opportunity in this region where so many of our elected officials and haven't been in politics for a long time, I can say this with authority, so many of our elected officials are working so well together as a region to tackle crises like affordable housing, climate change, transportation, mental health. These things don't know jurisdictional borders. And so these big, big topics, they need a regional approach so often. And one of the obligations we have as the, as the largest jurisdiction in the DMV is to try to lead by example, but also to collaborate uh, with other jurisdictions and make sure we're providing the best services to our region. Mm. And we are in a great sweet spot here with D.C., Maryland, and Virginia and the political leadership right now to really you know, move the bar on so many of these important topics and to recognize for most of our constituents, they really don't care if they're in Montgomery, Fairfax, D.C., Alexandria, Arlington. You know, they want the buses to work. They want right. the roads to be good. They want services to be there. And so many of our people live and work in two different jurisdictions. And so as a region, we have to continue this collaboration to, to tackle these big issues. Mm. What popped into my mind, and I can't help myself from asking, but the Commander's Stadium, where the next one is going to be. Do you have any takes on that? Do you, do you want takes. it in Virginia? Do you want it, you know, not in Virginia? Um, I don't have a strong interest in having it in Virginia at all. Um, I certainly don't have anywhere in Fairfax County where it would work. Um, I think there needs to be a lot of work done on these stadiums to make sure that they're actually really economic incentives to communities instead of dead zones. Mm. Uh, the current commander stadiums, in my opinion, has done more damage to the area where the stadium is than it's done good. Mm. And so I, I don't have any interest in having this in Fairfax County at this point. Right. You're just talking about the regional issues. And I was like, that's coming up. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. I, any sports venue like that that doesn't have transit accessibility, in my mind, is a huge mistake. Mm. And so if I had my druthers alone, I would be putting this where the RFK Stadium was because I think it could help um, with economic revitalization. But more importantly, it would be on a transit system. And to me, if the commanders are to get people to come back to their stadium, they need to be in a transit accessible area. It just makes smart planning sense and, and can be done right. right. Um, I just don't have any space around a transit station in Fairfax County that could even accommodate something like that. Yeah. It arguably may be more important than the quarterback is actually being on a metro. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Jeff McKay, chair of the Board of Supervisors for Fairfax County, thank you so much for taking your time to come on in. Thank you all. We appreciate it. Sure. Well, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. As always, we're sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. And our managing editor is Craig Schwab. Our music is by Real World. You can rate and review our show if you get the chance. And check us out on social media where we're posting every day. Become a VIP listener at dmvdownload.com. And if you dig this show and you dig our date ideas, <laughs> tell your family and friends about it. You know, we love telling more stories to more people. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. You can listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, and 103.9 FM in Frederick. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night, guys.